Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Sorry. All right. So it's a good group this uh, this evening. Um, I'm happy to be here. Um, thank you for allowing me to minister. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to teach a little bit. So over the last year, especially through the conference with Prophet Rob, um, Sister Bloom, we've had a lot of different prophetic words um, kind of scattered throughout the house, spoken to individual people. Um, And of course, we have our prophetic word of the house crossover. So there's been just a lot of prophetic seeds thrown out um, into into the church. Um, seeds of calling, seeds of purpose, seeds of action, um, and a lot of seeds of waiting. So as I've been praying over for myself over the last two months since um, the conference, uh, the Lord actually dropped this title in my heart. And that if you know, if you've been listening to some of the Wednesdays, I don't ever get the title. I have to like come up with them in the middle of the sermon. So this was an interesting um, one. He gave me this this title and then kind of just asked me to develop. So this has been in the works for some time in little pieces. Um, and so when pastor asked me to minister, I was like, well, I already, there's only one thing to minister about. So um, it was a very easy choice for me because I had already been leaning into the Lord for this. Um, so <laughs> um, this morning, uh, evening, whatever it is, I don't know, this evening, um, the subject is going to be about tithing. I know that one threw you off. I'm just kidding, you guys. It's, uh, <laughs> we're going to be ministering about, I just need to see if you guys are paying attention for a second. Three of you guys were like, I don't know. So you three were paying attention. <laughs> Everybody else, what's time we're going to talk about tithing? Um, no, we're actually going to uh, talk about the prophetic. And so the, the, the subject that the Lord gave me was from prophecy to promise. And so I wanted to minister, I believe the Lord wanted me to minister on this because there's a lot of words that have been scattered out. And pastor was ministering right after the conference about what to do with these seeds, right? And and how, where were they at? Did you receive them? Um, You know, and all of that. And I feel like there, there is a huge disconnect in the body when it comes to getting a word and then knowing what to do with that word right? Uh, it's just a quick show of hands. Who has received a prophetic word, either corporately, individually, over their whole life? Okay, 100% of us. Great. Fantastic. So we're all in the right room, right? So it can be a little confusing sometimes to navigate what to do with that word, when to do something with it, or to do anything at all. And so I think it's really important that we begin to talk about that um, this evening. Cool? Cool. Okay. All right. So before I get into the meat and potatoes, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3. Oh, that is a picture from my niece. This is, oh, it's in Hosea. Um, sorry. Okay. Hold on. 
First Corinthians 12. Giving you guys some time to get there. <laughs> Chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Okay. Now, Paul is addressing the church of Corinthians, and he says, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So you're going to notice, if you're in your Bible, that the word gifts is italicized. Does anybody see that? Does anybody have a Bible? It's italicized in most of the translations. And it's italicized because that word gifts is, is actually was never in the Greek. So it was actually translated in the Greek as just spiritual. So if you translated it in the Greek for the Corinthian church was in Greece, so they spoke primarily Greek. <laughs> okay. um, the actual translation of that would be now concerning the spiritual brethren right? Spiritual. So there was no spiritual gifts or spiritual. Um, I think you can see in some translations, spiritual things. Um, but overall, what Paul is addressing here in this first one verse, uh, one through three is not the spiritual gifts, but yet spiritual things. Um, and he wanted them to understand. I'm building a little base here because I think it's important. He wanted them to understand the spirit in which they were being given these gifts. Now, if you look back towards the, some background about the Church of Corinth, they were a very pagan, idol-worshipping, polytheistic people. Uh, so that means, polytheistic means they, they believed in multiple gods for different things. So he didn't want to confuse them and say, you're getting all of these gifts for, to not bring confusion that the many gifts meant many gods, that there was one God for many gifts. Um, so that's where you can see when we continue to read in 4 through 11, there are a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but in, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, are you guys are with me, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of gifts, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So he wanted to make sure, I think if, if you're asking, you know, why does he keep saying same, 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 same? Because he was teaching a people and he wanted to make sure that there was direct clarity to those people. And I think it rings true even today because we can get very caught up in the church culture where we can have paganism and witchcraft and polytheism sprinkle into the church um, without even being detected. 
And so it's very important that we have teachers and ministers and prophets who can see these things and ensure that the, we are going in the right order with the right direction. Cool? Cool. Okay, so prophecy. See, Paul reminds us about a few things. Now, there I can't even begin to go into what prophecy is in one sermon or in a thousand sermons, nor am I even qualified to do that. So I'm just going to give you a really quick synopsis of what the gift of prophecy is, um, and we can kind of go from there. Um, so number one, <laughs> the gift of the, the gift of prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and it is supernatural. It is not an innate talent. It is not a learned or acquired skill. It is not earned, um, and it is not deserved. It is simply a gift from God. We go back to that verse here where it says, And the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It is given by the Holy Spirit to who he chooses to give that gift to, okay? So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural endowments of dunamis power given by the Holy Spirit completely and totally by grace. Cool? Number two, the Lord wants us to desire these gifts. <laughs> he wants us to desire all of these gifts and more, and especially the gift of prophecy. We can move right down to chapter 14, uh, verse 1 through 3. Paul says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not know, uh, does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So Paul is telling us here to yearn after, yearn after these gifts, and especially the gift of prophecy, the gift either that you have or the gift that it's developed in the house, but to yearn after the operation of that gift. And number three, just like he mentioned here, the gift of prophecy is for the purpose of edification, exhortion, and consolation. That means to build up, to call near, or to bring back, and to cheer up, right? To comfort. And so the prophetic word that comes through has to line up in one of those ways. Now, I'm going to say this in like the, the best way I can. Not all prophetic words are comfortable. <laughs> I, 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 some bring warning, some bring, um, I'm looking at Sister Bloom here, like, tell me if I'm off, girl. Um, some, some bring warning, some bring caution, um, and that can be a little uncomfortable. Sometimes there can be things called out of you that you don't know are there. There can be things called um, in you and things for you to call to action that you're not ready for. Um, but the word doesn't mean that the word doesn't ring true. It just means maybe you're not ready for that. You're, or you're not seeing that. You're not able to see a, a prophet's eye or a prophet's vision. Um, so it doesn't always feel comfortable in, in that retrospect, but it is always to edify, exhort, and to console. Um, amen? Cool. Um, we can see that. And actually, let's go to Luke 15, 32 really quick. It 
says, now Judas and Silas himself being prophets also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So you can see here that the primary purpose of the gift of prophecy is not to really uh, direct or correct, but rather just to encourage the church. The, the Lord calls prophets to encourage the church. Okay. Um, so like I said, uh, you know, getting a word can feel really com complex and uncomfortable at time because it doesn't always feel, uh, you know, edifying or exhorting, right? Um, and so let's all go to go with me really quick to John 4. And I want to give a little bit of an example because there are many gifts, as we've just learned, gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, gifts of faith, gifts of prophecy, gifts of interpretation. And oftentimes those can get a little um, blurred with, with certain people. So I just want to give a quick example because we've, we've had different prophets in the house. We do have prophets who minister and prophesy in this house. Um, and we have people who come and visit. And everybody has their own style. Everybody has their own um, way of of releasing a prophetic word. Um, but they also have different gifts. So if you've ever had maybe a prophetic word and you feel like they just read your mail, anybody have one of those? Where they just read the bill that you've been hiding or, you know, <laughs> they read you to fill that you're just like, how did you know? How, nobody knows, you know, and the Lord just gives you that, that word of, no, that's actually a word of knowledge. That's not a word of prophecy. But I think sometimes we can get a little skewed. So I just want to clear, uh, give a few examples through John, John 4. And this is just Jesus' example. Obviously, we know Jesus is a prophet. Everything he does is through prophecy, right? So please don't hear anything that I'm not ministering. I'm just trying to give a little example of what that can look like when you're being given a, um, a word, okay? Um, okay, so we go into, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to go into really quickly. Um, so we know that Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well. And so we see in verse 7, he says, to give me a drink. Um, then the woman says, how is it you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with, Samarit with Samaritans. And Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, who it, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. So this is not a prophecy. It's actually a word of wisdom. Jesus is giving her a word of wisdom. He's saying, well, if you knew who I was, then you would do right to ask me for more, right? I would give you more. Then we go into verse 13 when he speaks again. He says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Is that a prophetic word? Yes, that's a prophetic word. It is something that has not yet come to pass because he has not yet been resurrected. But he is saying that it, that this water that you have here, I guarantee you, you're going to be thirsty again. But the water that I have, I guarantee you, you will never thirst again. Um, you guys following along? Cool. Okay. Uh, all right, 16, 16 through 17, go call your husband and come here. 
Jesus said, you have well said, I have no husband for you have five and the one whom you now have is your husband and that you spoke truly. Is that a word of prophecy? No, that's a word of knowledge. There we go. We're getting it guys. Um, I love it. I was talking to my husband about this and I was getting all excited and he was like a little lost and I was like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I should minister it, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Um, that is a word of knowledge. So then we go down a little bit to 21. This woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming now and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That is a prophecy. That's a prophetic word. He is ministering over her like this is going to happen, and your only call now, this is a prophecy with a call to action, because he's actually telling her God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So it is a, a prophetic word, but it's also a call for, to action for this woman. Okay, so... Now, it's very interesting because this woman leaves. And what she says is, you know, the, he, he told me everything that I ever was. I, I believed him because of the word of knowledge, right? And so uh, I'm not going to blanket statement this, but I, I believe the Lord uses a lot of prophetic people. In multi, he's multidimensional. And there are a lot of people who are prophetic who only hear from the Lord, nothing else, a direct funnel. And there are some who, who, who are, who utilize other gifts that the Holy Spirit has endowed them with, gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge, gifts of faith, gifts of healing. And this is where you get a full ministry of the gifts where all of the gifts unfold. And those are the things that we should desire. We should desire that all gifts are operating in the house and that we all work together with one because how good it is, right, to get a prophetic word and it's directly for you. So prophetic words are for the body, for corporate, for whoever hears them. You you take any prophetic word and you move with that and you operate in that. But there are individual words of knowledge for certain people that to be frank, if you didn't hear, you wouldn't have believed right? And there are people who are gifted in that way. I can give a great example of um, Pastor Joey and, 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 and Meredith. When they came here for our women's conference, they read us dry, okay? Like, they were reading mail. They were reading, you know, prescription bill boxes. I mean, they are gifted to operate in the gifts of knowledge and in the gifts of prophecy. So you get a twofold. And we, we get a lot. We have, we have those uh, those operating in our house now who operate in that way. And that's awesome <laughs> because we're able to get a twofold. We also get those who operate in wisdom and in the gifts. of. So what I'm, I'm just sharing this beginning with you guys because I want you to understand that the words that you're receiving are not one-dimensional. They're, they're multi-dimensional and they're meant to be dissected. They're meant to be judged. They're meant to be lined up against the word. They're meant to be continued, um, for you to continue, um, to steward with the Lord. They're not meant to just fall flat. Those seeds are meant to go into your heart and they're meant to be watered and they're meant to be, <laughs> they're meant to grow and they're meant to prune and they're meant to become something. Okay. 
So, yeah. Okay, so what I love so much about this is that we know that Jesus was a prophet, right? So Jesus, so good. He actually, he released these gifts on her, but he actually released himself on her. So when we're operating in the prophetic, we're releasing Jesus on people. We're releasing his calling, his purpose, his commission on people. And so when you're getting a, a word, you're actually, Jesus is being released on you. All of who he is is being released on you. Um, amen. Okay. Um, I want to give a really quick to, <coughs> a really quick understanding to a prophetic word. There are many ways that prophets see, um, and there are two that I just want to share. Um, this is not, you know, my original thought. Just want to say that. Um, I actually studied this when I studied prophecy. Um, uh, Chris Valentin has a great teaching on this. Um, and he, he's led a lot of the school of ministry for Bethel. And so I just want to preface that. Um, but he had mentioned that there are different, how, different ways that prophets see and they see through foretelling and forth telling. And so foresight or forth, a foretelling, is seeing different things. So there are different types of prophets who see foresight, which is like looking through a telescope. There are prophets who see insight through a microscope. Um, and there are prophets who see oversight, like a plane over a, over a house. And so when you're being given a prophetic word, the prophets are seeing from those different aspects. Um, and they're also seeing in part, you know, <laughs> they're not seeing the whole picture. I can say that for myself, even when I've been given, um, you know, a word from the Lord, I, 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 I see in part and I can prophesy in part because I only see in part and the Lord is the only one who sees the full picture and, and, and through faith, he continues to put those little parts together. But oftentimes the person giving you the word doesn't have all the answers for you. You, you can't, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I want, I wanted to go to Sister Bloom. I've been praying about this for months. Ever since you gave me the word that you gave me, I'm like, Lord, can I just ask her what she meant? Like, and every single time the Lord has told me, like, you ask me what she meant because she's done. Her, her assignment is, is done. Like, she has no more for me. <laughs> like, like, that's it. What she said was what she said and what she said is over. You know, unless you got another one. And if you got, if you got another one in there, let me know. Um, but I was asking the Lord and I was even talking to my husband, like, you know, maybe, maybe she's got more. Like, what does she mean by that? Even when you asked me, you know, when you said it's going to cost you, I'm like, I want to know what it's going to cost, you know? And so <laughs> I, I, this is just me being me, you know, I want to, I was, I've been, I've been praying. I'm like, you know what? Let me get some time with, I was like planning, maybe taking you out to lunch, buttering you up a little bit, you know, trying to see what else you hear. And the Lord was just like, she's only in part. I'm in full. Like you want to know the rest of it. You come to me because I know the rest of it. Um, amen. So I just want you guys to know that when we're, you know, you're not going to pull up a prophet aside later and be like, what did you mean by that? I, I need to know more because truly they may not know any more <laughs> than what they can give you. Right. It, it might be a picture. It might be a song. It might be a moment. And then it is your job to fill in the blanks with the Lord or the Lord's job to fill in the blanks. Right. Amen. Um, and then we have fourth sight. There are some um, uh, prophets who minister in fourth sight. 
And fourth sight is is interesting because fourth sight is essentially dependent on you receiving the word. Okay? Whether or not you receive the word or not, uh, it can cause the future or it can deter the future. Um, and we can see this a lot in um, when the Lord... When the Lord gives words and he says, you know, you're a man um, after God's own heart, but you're addicted to pornography. And you're sitting there and you're like, what? <laughs> I don't know what that means, right? I, well, you know, I'm, I'm torn in other places and you don't feel that way. And if you receive that, you receive the prophet's reward and the Lord delivers you from those things. Because the prophet uses foresight to call out what is not here, but what is to come if you draw near to the Lord. So that's a really good one because when you begin to, to hear a prophet and, and they're speaking over you something that you cannot see, don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss it. Don't say, well, that's not me. That can't be me. I can't be this person. I, you know, it's not looking good right now. I was even having a conversation this week about, you know, Jeremiah. When Jeremiah was speaking to the people, they were in captivity they, for 70 years at that time. There was, there felt like no hope, but he says, I have a plan and a future to prosper you, to bring you out of this place. And, and, and yet every part of where they were didn't seem that way. Every part of where they were sent like they were going to be in captivity forever. And they were never going to get out. Amen? Um, yeah. Uh, I was asking, um, what was I going to say? Hold on. Let me, let me look at my notes. Okay. I'm going to continue. All right. So let's go into now. I think we're going to go into the meat and potatoes now. Hope I didn't lose you. Uh, we're going to talk about what to do and how to receive the prophetic word um, when it's given to you. All right, so I've been I've been reading a lot on Abraham and Sarah, and the Lord has been bringing me back to there. So if you want to just hover around Genesis 16-ish, you can hover around there. I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis, but if you want to just hover, you can. All right, so... When the word when, when the word comes forth, right? You want to judge it, make sure it's from God, and then you want to receive the word. So it's important to know two things: when to get out of the way, or when to prepare the way. The Lord the Lord gives you a call to do that: when to get out of the way, or when to prepare the way. And this point is really illustrated in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Um, you can see that in Genesis um, 16, right? God had told them they were going to have a son. And as every year that went on and on and on, it became less and less likely. Um, but we have to remember something. And this goes into my first point. <laughs> you have to receive the word outside of time confinements. God is on a different timetable than you and I. In fact, he is completely outside of time. While we have been placed in the time confine, confinements and limitation, he is not. We have a beginning and an end, and God does not. When he gives us a word, we cannot microwave it or make it cook any faster, which I think is a really, I mean, I can't imagine the, listen, you guys ever go to McDonald's and you just want some fresh fries? And 
they just rush your order. Instead of giving you fresh fries, they just throw you whatever they have because they got a time limit. I'm so grateful that they ask you to pull ahead. Okay, <laughs> I just want you guys to know this. This is off topic, but I'd rather pull ahead for fresh hot fries than to be stuck to a corporate time uh, clock of getting food in two minutes. But many of us are so content with two minute food that we just eat it. Now, you don't have to answer this because I'll judge you if you put your hand up. But you know, <laughs> when you get fries that are really, really bad, do you eat them? Depends, <laughs> depends on how far it is behind. I said, don't tell me because I'm going to judge you. <laughs> okay. It, it depends, right? It, de- it depends. Sometimes we settle with the old fries. Because it depends. We gotta go back. Gotta go talk to the lady. We gotta go do this. You gotta do that. We have to be uncontent with old fries. We gotta, we gotta be okay to wait for those fries. Okay. Okay. Cool. Not that you didn't wait, but I'm just, (laughs) they told you not to tell me. (laughs) Okay. Um, for an example, Jesus told us he's coming quickly yet he's still not here, right? So quickly is very relative to a God outside of time constraints. Quickly means like today. The Lord says, I'm going to send you a husband, and you're like, he's here, isn't he? Like, he, he's going to show up. Like, so every day you're like doing your hair, doing your makeup, like he's, he's going to show up. He's here, Lord, isn't he? He's already here. And then you're single for 10 more years. And that's just like, that's just what it is. You know, um, sorry. All right. So we need to recognize that a prophetic word that's been given to you is coming from a source outside of time. How many have words five years ago that are, have still not come to fruition? Okay. Still praying, still stewarding those words, right? What about 10 years? You got anything 10 years ago? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I think about, I think about you, you pastor. Um, and I'm, I'm going to share a little bit because I, I asked a few people, although I didn't ask you, but you've shared this publicly, so I'm going to share. Um, you had mentioned that when you gave your life to the Lord, um, that he told you that he would put it all together. How long did it take you, take the Lord to put it all together? He's still putting it together, right? Okay, so exactly. He's still putting it together. He's still even continuing to put things together, even after that word was given 30 years ago. 30 years ago, right? He's still continuing to put it together. Um, so that's one of those, one of those words. It's funny because I remember, Oh, I remember, I don't remember, I think it was Bobby Machaka. When I was like 12, he gave me a word that I would be a teacher. And I guess this is off, a little slightly off topic. But I remember um, receiving that word that I would be a teacher. And so what I thought to do when it was like time to graduate and, you know, um, go to school, it was like, well, I guess I'm going to school to be a teacher, you know. And like, turns out I'm not that into it. You know, I'm not that into like the common core math and it gives me a headache. I'm really not that into into teaching education. And I learned that when I did student teaching in the class and I was like immediately 
not for me. Okay, immediately, I really don't care that much about this. Um, and so I left kind of discouraged. I, I got out of college and I was like, okay, what do I do now? So like for the last 15 years, I've sold polos. And I'm like, well, Lord, why am I just selling polos every day? Um, you know? And so I've been there just, you know, selling polos, teaching people about polos, and, you know, selling suits and being like, Lord, you know, this, you know, okay, you know, teaching, right? But in different aspects. And then the Lord began to move. He's like, well, I actually... Leaning on the Lord, there's been moments of times to be able to teach. And so it wasn't that his word was incorrect. It's just that I was trying to find an avenue for myself to fit in that word. Right? How many of us have done that? This is for me now, and now I have to find, you know, this is what I have to do, and now we're seeking after that. Or the Lord says, you know, you're you're going to be a, a singer, and you're like, you go sign a record deal that you should have no business signing, you know? And so it's like we can really run with some things that the Lord says if we're not just in the waiting with him. Okay, so I say that for you know, God may give you a word for 20 years and he may ask you to wait. And so it's important that with that word, we don't place our agenda or our timeline and expect it to align with God's schedule. The best thing we can do is be open, be still, and allow him to move. Um, and also be open to it looking not like what you thought it would look like. Be open to uh, his creativity his his season right i think i think most of us and i'm not sure if it's just a woman thing or not but i remember even being young and just having so much pressure to be something to be something to somebody to be something some way um to have dreams to have goals to what do you want to be when you grow up and it's just like i just want this candy that you i'm waiting for you to give me because you are making me answer this question like i just want whatever you have in front of me right now and so um we can get really stuck into what our mind you know kids by this age married by this kids you know college by this and then and then grandparents by this and then and then when your grandparents too early you're like I didn't plan this I wanted to be a grandparent here and it's like just be open to the Lord letting it look something a little different amen cool um, don't try to help him. Don't try to rush him. Don't try to make it happen, right? We continue to learn that with Abraham and Sarah uh, and, and, and having Abraham sleep with Hagar and, you know, having Ishmael, you know. Uh, we laugh, we laugh, but we do it, you know. <laughs> we laugh, but we do it. We rush the process too. There's so many ways the Lord tell, tells us to do things and we uh, man, we go off, we're so off base sometimes, um, but we need to give our unbelief to the Lord and trust in him um, that what he said will come to pass. We don't need a whole bunch of Ishmaels running around because we were rushing the Lord, all right? And and so God came, right? God foretold and he foretold, right, despite her doubt, and Isaac was born the following year. So the amazing thing, right, I'm going to go into number two, to remember here is that Isaac was not born through immaculate conception, okay? So number two is to receive the word in partnership with the Lord. Abraham and Sarah had to participate 
in the union of marriage in order to have Isaac. In one respect, they created Ishmael by trying to make the prophetic word happen, yet they still had to co-labor with God to see his promise become reality. You see, we need to realize that God seldom does things by himself. He can, but he often requires us to be involved to see our destinies fulfilled. And the key here is to allow the Holy Spirit to show us what part he wants us to play and what part God has reserved for himself. Um, I wanted to share a little bit um, uh, about Pastor Brandon, and I asked permission to to share everybody. Um, And I even was talking to texting Pastor Marie this morning because I was like, let me, I want to get the word, the word right, or as, or as right as I can. Um, and so I'm going to just kind of pull it up. So Pastor Marie has shared this. I'm not sure if you've shared it corporately or just in a sauna. I'm not really sure to be honest with you. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I know that you have shared this with me, um, about, you know, um, about Brandon, about our pastor Brandon here. And I want to, I, I use this example a lot in the armory class. So if you've been in the armory class and you've heard this about, I, I use him as an example of stewarding your giftings and stewarding the prophetic words given to you. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm going to share. Um, so when Brandon was in middle school, middle school, um, there was a, oh, you said there was a prophet at a conference, ministered, or per, gave Brandon a prophetic word. Do you remember that prophetic word, kind of? Yeah, yeah. So he gave him a prophetic word, and the prophetic word that he gave him was that um, he, de- he declared that it didn't matter what people said about him, because the Lord had gifted him, and that he was going to be musical, and other things regarding God giving him a place and identity. And, um, and I, and I love to see, I love to, to, to say that because I've seen it. I've known Brandon since I was eight years old. And so I've gotten to see a a, a progression of his walk with God. I've gotten to call him and, and, and Pastor Des close friends of mine. And I've gotten to see, um, the, the public and the private development of these two people as the Lord has, as they have stewarded um, the the words, uh, and there's so much that I probably can't even share, but there's, you know, the, how the Lord has has um, stewarded, they've stewarded those, those words from the Lord together as a couple and how the Lord has blessed them. And we are so blessed that it doesn't matter who calls out Somebody's on the altar. Somebody's on the, the platform. You know, it doesn't matter if we need a drummer, a singer, a guitarist, you know, a, p- a pianist. <laughs> like they are up here moving around different instruments. And the Lord has blessed, um, with, with, with one. I mean, I remember when I was, when Brandon was in a rock band, uh, playing bass in a rock band. And I remember just being like, he's so excited right and so then the lord began to use him in bass and then the lord began to use him in guitar and then you know all of a sudden he's 
playing the cone and the guitar at the same time. And then now he was a singer. And I'm like, where did that come from? You know? And then he's singing. And then now he's singing, leading worship on the drums, media, married to somebody who's equally as talented. Although if I ever see you on the drums, Pastor Des, I'm going to lose it. Okay. That will be, that will be the day. I will love that. Um, but just multi-talented, not because of, you know, and it's so easy to look at people like this and to think, well, they're so gifted and I'm not gifted. They're just good stewards. They're just good stewards. They were good stewards of one gift. And even as a young kid, and I know that she's had prophetic words over her life too, that she's had to steward. And the Lord is faithful. You know, we look at uh, the parable of the talents, (laughs) right? The Lord is faithful with one. He gives more when you steward that gifting well. So if you want to be multi-gifted, you got to steward the one. <laughs> steward the one and then continue to operate in the others. Um, okay, cool. All right, number three. You need to receive the word multi-dimensionally. And I'm winding down here, people, I promise. Um, we need to receive the word multi-dimensionally. When God speaks to us about doing something new, he doesn't necessarily want us to stop doing what we're doing. And I I feel like this is important to mention because I've seen it happen so many times where the Lord tells you to start this and then you stop this. And the Lord tells you to do this and you stop doing all of these other things. Um, I've seen it happen when, when people have been called to missions, people have been called to another church, another ministry, and all of a sudden they disconnect from people. They're like, I'm going to Texas, and they stop showing up. They stop connecting with the women and the men in the house because they, they're, they're seeing far in advance. And, 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 and that can be really challenging if you've been given a prophetic word or if you operate in the prophetic because the Lord can give you a word, and you have to pray and steward the timing for those words, for them to be released, for them to be in operation. Am I on it, Sister Bloom, or what? Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure, right? Um, so you have to receive them multidimensionally, right? Um, I've also seen people who are like, oh, this isn't my job anymore. You know, God has this job for me, and all of a sudden they start doing a really crappy job at the place that they're in. They start phoning it in, coming in late, not doing a, a, you know, a great job with their employers because they're like, well, the Lord's called me to this. Right? And it's like, we can't be so disconnected to those things. The Lord called you to this because you were good at this. So he actually isn't calling you to remove it. He's calling you to add on to it. <laughs> he's calling, he's calling for more fruit. Um, and so th- that's so clear in Matthew 25, uh, 15 through 23, right? That is the parable of the talents. And it's an example of how the Lord, um, <laughs> the Lord gives fruit to those who are faithful. It says, when the stewards were faithful with the few, they received more because they carefully tended what they had been given. So your prophetic words that are given to you are not meant to just take off everything and go towards that one thing. But it's actually, for, and it might be, I will say this, it might be too, but it is also, um, you know, multidimensional that you can be this and this, that you can operate in this and in this. And so you don't have to just be in one ministry or in one operation. You can be multidimensional if the Lord calls you to be multidimensional. Okay. All right. My last one, I promise. 
All right, you have to receive receive a prophetic word, or receiving a prophetic word is an invitation to friendship with Jesus. It is not a fortune cookie. It is not a, you know, spin of the wheel. Now I got a word. A prophetic word is an invitation to intimacy with Jesus, to friendship with Jesus. So we look at, looking at quickly, Abraham and Moses, we see two men who are significant, uh, who had significant influence with God. The Bible calls them both friends. And with friendship comes interaction, intimacy, and influence. Remember, a prophetic word is not always determining our destiny for us. There are always opportunities to intercede for different outcomes. I don't have enough time to talk about the unconditional and the conditional will, but if you're in the armory class, when we talk about prayer, I go over this, but the, the, um, the friendship that we have with God is for us to intercede with God's conditional will, meaning the things that he might move if we might move closer to him. Do you know what I mean? So there, there is a, a, a unconditional will, meaning he will do it no matter what, and that's his will. But there's a conditional will that he asks, if you knock, I will answer. If you seek, you will find. If you come after me, I will be there. And so we, we, we pray for the Lord's will, and we pray for the things that we can move that are conditional. So Abraham's response to God, Abraham had asked that the Lord not wipe Sodom and Gomorrah off the face of the earth, but this was in God's unconditional will. It had to go. And then we see in Moses, right, in Exodus, Moses, uh, the Lord was going to wipe out all the Hebrews right after the Red Sea. I know we didn't talk about that much, but right after the Red Sea, they were going to be dead early, okay? And, and because Moses prayed for these people, they lived because it was part of his conditional will. The, Lord, the Lord's friendship with Moses allowed them to live. Um, right? Okay, cool. Um, just because we hear from God doesn't mean that the word we hear is destiny defining. It could also be um, an invitation to friendship, to change that destiny. God doesn't need your input. However, he actually calls us to participate in the process. Um, and this is why prophecy, prophecy is so important. Because when all is said and done, it's about friendship with Jesus. It's friendship for the prophet and friendship for the receiver. It's about knowing him, timing our ears to hear his voice. He, we know his voice because it reflects his character. And we only get to know his character in the place of friendship. God wants to expose us to different levels with him through dialogue with him, through intimacy with him. Prophetic words are invitations to relationship with the Father. And I just want to, I want to end, I want to share a prophetic word over, over my life that the Lord gave me. I think sometimes we can think that prophetic words just come corporately, and they actually, they don't, um, because prophetic words can come in your, uh, in your private time with the Lord. And those are so good to have. Um, but remember, your invitation to friendship allows uh, an environment where the Lord can speak, right? 
If you're, spe- if you're not spending time with the Lord, then the Lord's not speaking to you because you're not giving him place to speak to you, right? So we want to make sure that we, we, we as the body of Christ, we prioritize intimate time with the Lord away from the corporate body because those are when some of the best prophetic words come. So I want to share a little bit, five minutes if I can, uh, of a word that the Lord gave me privately that I've gotten to see um, unfold in my life and how and how that process went to give you an example of 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 your own prophetic words and I encourage you guys as you go through tonight write down whatever you can remember and just begin to steward those words with what you've learned here begin to repent for the times that you have jumped over his timing um and just begin to get back on track with him and hear from the Lord as he begins to unfold um, those prophetic words, especially those that have been released from the pulpit this year. Okay? Okay. So about maybe two years ago or so, maybe a little longer, um, I've been married for... Help me. (laughs) Help me, Lord. Three Three years, okay. Three years and some change. (laughs) Okay, three years. It's all a blur. Okay, three years. I've been married for three years. And the first year sucked. The first year was terrible. Um, (laughs) Des is laughing. The first year was really, really difficult. And I remember about halfway through that year just being like, this is, this is terrible, Lord. And I was praying and, and, you know, I began to pray maybe, into that next, that next six months. And I was just asking the Lord, you know, you know, when, when you put two people together, it's not puppies and sunshine. It's not. Okay. You, you put two people together and it's, it's like, like roosters and I don't know, man, roosters and rats. I don't know. One of those two. It's, it's rough. You know, um, and, 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 and I'll say for myself, you know, I lived a whole life outside of Edgar. Uh, and Edgar lived a whole life outside of me. So, you know, I think one of our, one of our biggest arguments when we first got married was like the, the cabinet, the way that cabinet was organized. Like I wanted the, 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 the pastas together and the desserts together. And he had a weird single guy way of doing things. And it was so annoying. And I remember, I remember so vividly this, this fight. And I was just like, what are we fighting about? I don't even know. This is ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I could just say, am I still on? Am I still recorded? Oh man. <laughs> okay. He's gonna, he's gonna listen to this tonight. <laughs> if there's another argument, I'm coming in for prayer, <laughs> bringing it all up. Um, but so we had, um, you know when you get married, okay, cool. Things just begin to bubble to the surface. And it's not just the external things, it's the internal things, the things that you never really had to deal with when you were with someone else. I was a very happy single person. I really like to just chill out, not be bothered, you know, do my own thing. And he's very clingy. Uh, and he's like, I want to hang out. I want to, and I'm just like, okay. I had to, we had to learn a lot of things, um, about each other. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Don't laugh. Make me feel better sharing it. <laughs> and so, and it's, they're not bad things, but they're things that we had to learn. And, and we also really struggled a lot. There were a lot of things that came to the surface, um, that really caused both of our insecurities to really, um, 
be heightened even more. And so there was a lot of things that, that came up that were really hard, that were really difficult. And I remember about maybe a year and some change in, <laughs> year and some change in, I remember just telling the Lord, like, you know, my insecurities were already there. And I think I've shared this in the women's, women's meetings. I've battled with, with, um, bulimia for a really long time growing up. Um, I don't, I can't remember a time that I didn't hate myself. I had a great hatred for myself, for myself physically, for myself mentally, for just, I mean, like I couldn't say a nice thing about myself. Um, and I really struggled with that. And I remember years, you know, 20 years coming up to the altar, just asking the Lord to take that from me. And I remember, <laughs> this is funny, uh, I was in the armory class and um, Sister Keeley, if you guys remember her, she she was mentioning something and she was talking about how how awesome the Lord is that he sees us. From all the way up there, he sees us. And he's formed us and he's created us. And I remember as she began to, to say this, my heart was like, Oh, be quiet. Cause I was like, I have to minister right now. And I'm like, all I want to do is cry because I was feeling the spirit that she was ministering over me. And I believe she was giving me a prophetic word without even giving me a prophetic word. And so I took that home and I began to ask the Lord to help me. I began to steward that word and I began to ask the Lord to heal me that I didn't want to hate myself anymore, that I didn't want another birthday to be passed where I was embarrassed, another celebration, another picture, another selfie. I mean, I think I stopped taking pictures altogether for years, and I didn't want to keep not living. And I remember just asking the Lord to help me. And man, I can't, I can't tell you as clear as day, and I've shared this with Pastor Des, the Lord told me, I can do it but I won't without your participation. And I was like, so sitting down, I think we're at coffee or like something. And I was like, I think the Lord wants me to like help him. In this. <laughs> he wants me, he wants my partnership. Like to me, maybe that's not a new thing for you guys this morning, this, this evening. Maybe you have heard this already, but to me two years ago, I was like, why does he need my help? Why does he want my, my partnership in this? And, and I knew what that meant. At the time, um, I knew the struggles I was having in my marriage, in my mind, in my heart, and, and, and I knew what that meant. And so I was like, man, Lord, the scariest thing, okay, God. Um, I kind of did what Abraham did when he kept calling Sarah his sister, as <laughs> living in fear, you know, of like, well, it's not, it can't come to pass if somebody else sleeps with her, you know what I mean? Um, so, sorry, that's an inside joke. But, um, I was began to trust the Lord. And I was like, I don't understand. I told him, I don't understand how this will lead to this. But listen, I've tried it my way. I went to many altar calls and conferences. And I've asked you many times to, to deliver this mindset for me. I want to be free. So I'm going to do it your way. And then even while I was still, you know, fighting that, um, I found out I was pregnant. And... I remember while I was being pregnant, um, being pregnant while I was pregnant, I remember when I was pregnant, I asked the Lord, what should I name my son? And he told me Noah, because he means rest. 
And everyone laughed at me and they were like, you're not going to get any rest. You're never sleeping again. You know, <laughs> you're never going to sleep again. And, and it wasn't until I gave birth to my son that I realized that it wasn't my body that needed rest, but the Lord delivered my mind with rest and that he delivered all of those thoughts that would just go and go and go. The thoughts that would stop me from even being in the pulpit, the, the, the things that would stop me from operating well in my marriage, well in my friendships. I mean, I had friendships and people tell me, you know, it's difficult to even bless you. You're so difficult. You know, it's hard to, it's hard for me to just love you because you're so, ugh, you're so closed off. And I remember feeling like, Lord, I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to be open. I want to be loved. I want to be free. I want to walk in the prof- the prophetic that you have for me. I want to receive this word. And if you told me that I'm going to get rest and I want to walk in that. And it wasn't until a couple months after that that I began to realize that something had changed. In a time where I should be the most insecure because I'm, I'm, I'm chubby, I'm hurting, I'm walking around all weird. I felt great. <laughs> I felt empowered. I wasn't insecure about being a mom or being a wife. I was, I was secure in him. And I had noticed, it wasn't until after the real physical exhaustion started to calm down, <laughs> that I began to realize that I was delivered. The Lord granted me rest. And it all started with one word that he gave me was to trust him, that he wanted partnership in that. He wanted to give me Noah, but I needed to do some things to get Noah. <laughs> Right? He wanted that partnership. He wanted me to be open in the union of marriage and not be closed off to my husband so I can get Noah. And then I can get Noah and I can get rest. And I operate in that today. And so I just want to, I know that I've shared it once with the women's meeting, but I wanted to share that with you today because there, that timing was way off for me. It was not even close to when I wanted to have kids. I wanted to have kids a lot later. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't my timing even with what was going on in my marriage. It didn't seem like, yeah, let's have it. You know, let's, I think when he told me, when I told him I was pregnant, he came over to hug me and I like threw the stick at him. And I was like, take that, you know. Ah! Because even though I was believing with the Lord, I was scared. I was, I was fearful of what was to come and the Lord just comforted me and he unwrapped me and, and through that, those nine months, he unwrapped some things, some insecurities that he wanted to deal with. And I'm so grateful that I received that word because I stand in front of you, a free woman. I stand in front of you where when those thoughts come by, they just come by. God, I, like I didn't even read it. You know, when like a thought goes by and you're kind of like, what is it, man? You know, now they come by so fast, I don't even pay attention to them because the Lord has better things for me. And he, and he had things for me that I couldn't do in that state of mind. But also I could have never been free if I didn't partner with the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you to take the gifts you have, the words that you have, and just begin to operate in them. One will unfold another, will unfold another, will unfold another. And soon you'll look back and you'll be like, man, I remember when you gave that to me 20 years ago and it's unfolded. This Sunday we got a word that there's going to be revival, that the Lord is going to take the land. If you believe in that word, then you need to go take the land (laughs) because you're in operation of that. 
right? People aren't just going to come through the doors. You got to go take the land. You, you want revival? Then you got to be revival. Don't come in and be the reason why people don't stay. Be the reason why they, they, they stay and they want to steward and they want to win the loss with you. Let's be an operation of the words that are given to us. Um, that's all. Sorry that was all.